the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. We offer a diversity of perspectives from many fields of medicine, esoteric and ancient wisdom, and subtle energy, arts, and sciences. Find deeply fulfilling pathways for co-creating yourself, life, and human communities around you. Find inspiring attunements to your own optimal living roadmap, true authentic self, and the most radiant frequency for living life to the fullest. Hello and welcome to the Luminous Possibilities podcast. I am Keenan White and I am your host, co-host, and we are also having other people on this podcast hosting and doing their thing and bringing on guests. So I'm your host, co-host, but I'm also, um, Mara will be holding space for me today to just talk a little bit about my background and what I'm here to offer. And we are going to explore um, embodying planetary energy. I'm really excited to interview you today, Keenan, because I get to see the amazing light that you are in the world. And I'm excited for you to get to share with the listeners of Luminous Possibilities what you're up to. Thank you. So my first question for you is, how did you get to where you are in time and space? Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> no, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're going right into the existential stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or you can just... I'll start on the human level. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I about eight years ago or so, I started to really dive into reading and studying astrology. And I had my first astrology reading in Thailand, and it just totally blew my mind. It was just out of this world. Like, how does she know so many things about me? And how, how do all these pieces resonate and she's looking in all areas of my life. And so once I got my first reading, which is about a maybe one hour to 90 minute reading, um, I studied that um, chart for years and just kind of dove into it. And um, I spent a little bit of time going out of country and studying yoga and, and finding a teacher to study with. I came from a meditative background from my parents and sort of just started to explore what meditation and yoga is and how it might impact me and how I felt right around the time when I was in college and, and about to graduate. So I studied, um, you know, a whole bunch of different career paths. I studied interdisciplinary studies and I learned a lot about how like messed up the world is, is getting and how the combination of um, consumerism and a population growth that's getting out of control is causing a, a great deal of global environmental issues. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was getting, um, like I was kind of depressed over all the topics. And so I just kind of like was leaning into what my parents always said, Hey, meditate. If you're, whatever you're going through, have a, you know, just quiet the mind and dive in. And so that was about the time when it started to land for me, you know, like sitting and quieting myself and just allowing myself to literally be. And so I started to see how yoga coincided with all with all that. Mm -hmm. And why would you start moving and looking in inwardly and um, sort of like gazing at the eternal by an internal um, focus mm -hmm. and started to sort of like just see how all that was clicking. And so as I got into that, I really just felt like I wanted to 
get out of this sort of cultural sickness that I felt from the party scene and just get out of the country and uh, see what happens. And so I, I met a teacher out in India, his name is BNS Anger, and he's a, a master of Ashtanga Yoga. He is a student of Krishnamacharya. And um, so Krishnamacharya was basically the father of Ashtanga Yoga. And his two sort of golden students were Patabi Joyce, who came out to actually Boulder, Colorado, um, and had some impact here. Um, actually, maybe it was his most uh, studied student. And um, and then BKS Anger was, you know, wrote Light on Yoga and a, a number of other books. Um, and BNS Anger was sort of like this, um, he was also a student, but was sort of off the beaten path a little bit. And so I got to spend some time with him, spent four months and um, was sort of just seeing how a yogic practice would accumulate, you know, through time and basically um, impact me. And I felt like I was just kind of, in some ways, reaching a plateau, like a, um, a place where transcendent states of being weren't enough. It was sort of like, what's the bridge from, you know, that world into the world of being, um, being, you know, in service to the world, mm -hmm. um, having a family, et cetera. And on my way out of India, I, I went back to Thailand and had this reading. And from that point on, I just felt this coincidence, I guess, with yoga and astrology and seeing how this path of divine union, um, you know, there's so many maps and pathways to experience our divinity and astrology just felt like this way of um, kind of like playing with the gods and playing with the archetypes and playing with um, how they live inside of, of each, each one of us. So I don't know, that's, that's at least a starting place with, with it all. So you kind of coming out of college, having that disillusionment is what ended up driving you to even spend that time in Asia. And then from that quieting the mind enough, it's almost like it created space for astrology to enter at a time where you were open and looking for something that could give you purpose, something that could allow you to give back to people. And then, you know, also just kind of open up your world to maybe a more positive way of looking at things. Totally. Yeah, yeah, astrology, I mean, it just felt like it was more of a complete roadmap to the psyche, mm -hmm. not severed from spirit. And so there was, I mean, there's so many different schools and psychology, um, especially in the West that really, you know, we can take a little dip back into seeing how, like, when did that happen? And there's this kind of Cartesian dichotomy that happened, this sort of severance of the 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 mind, the body, seeing the body as mechanical and, and really not recognizing spirit. And it was astrology that sort of represented this fuller fuller map to, wow, there's, there's this body, mind, there's our emotions, our spirit, and there's all these areas of life. And based on these planets that are in these different houses or signs, you can really see, you know, what is my soul's evolutionary path? What mm -hmm. am I here to do and accomplish? And so you get this natal chart this birth chart that gives you a picture of you know what your soul came to do it's sort of like this map to the unconscious mm -hmm. and the school of life that you're in in this incarnation and from that place 
you know, there, that's a static picture. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to really look at that natal chart per, in, in its progressions through time and witness, you know, what happens when these planets move through time and space slowly and how's that impacting you? And you can actually look at that and sort of see what is your current um, stage or state of evolution in a way. You can sort of just see what's resonating with you and then the chart and you can see so much information. Yeah, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of your clients and me getting to be a client, obviously myself. And it's really impactful the way that you look at the chart and the way that you help interpret those energies in a way that we can really begin to take that information and use it to grow on our soul's path and also feel affirmed and kind of confirming that we're on the right path. So when you had that first reading, was there something in particular that sort of clicked for you around one of the planets or one of the signs where you were able to see yourself in a different light and say, oh, now I get it. Maybe there isn't anything wrong with me. This is just the way I'm wired. Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you. Um, yeah, it seems to me like the, it was the, it was really the whole. There wasn't anything necessarily in particular. And it was because it's so complex. I mean, when you first look at a chart, if I think back on that moment, there wasn't anything really that stood out. It was sort of everything as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, was she kind of able to point to some of the disillusionment you had experienced up to that point? And you were like, whoa, that's showing up in the planets and the signs? Not really, because I don't, I don't think I really expressed from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And really, like, as an astrologer, you're, you're going to meet your client wherever they're at. Right. So for me, I was sort of like on fire. I was like loving mm my life and I was lit up and I was excited to explore college drudgery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I wasn't really bringing that, that into context at, at that time. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the biggest thing was seeing how, um, you know, some of the nodes were working mm-hmm. and to see that the, the nodal axis really represents this evolutionary journey of your of your soul and what you're working through and what you're letting go on the south node and then what you're integrating and pulling in on the north node and so i was really just seeing how wow like through virgo through this um sign that generally is um you know i think there's it has a lot to do with conditioning and so perhaps that's that's what i was feeling you know, I was feeling that from college, like feeling the conditioning of um, my culture or of my education. And that Virgo archetype is really, to me, like the virgin, it's it's not necessarily relating to sex, but it's related to this, this virgin, pure sense of self outside of the conditioning mm-hmm. or a purity that can recognize recognize all kinds of conditionings because of being able to see the particularities, the judgments, the to analyze what's happening. Um, and so from moving from that south node of Virgo to a, a, um, a north node in Pisces, you know, it's a sign that's ruled by Neptune and it has a lot to do with, you know, moving into more of this union space, this, this oneness, this trust with uh, the, the higher energies at play, not just, the dualistic ones mm-hmm. um so there's i think a larger chemical process at play between virgo and pisces but i think the key word there is really discernment on the on the virgo side and learning boundaries and um discerning through through all the different kinds of 
ways of seeing things and then alchemizing, you know, that put, if you're going to dissect it, how do you put it back together? How do you bring a sense of wholeness from these disparate parts? Mm -hmm. And then on the Pisces side, you know, how do you trust that that you don't need to be in control with that, that there's, you know, there's a greater intelligence to acknowledge and um, play a part in and and co-create with. Yeah, and all of the readings that I had before we met, I'd never had an astrologer really focus on South Node and North Node. And for me, there was a piece that, it you know, sometimes it feels like, at least the readings I had had, it was kind of predicting the future as much as possible. Like, okay, well, what's going to happen? But there wasn't as much about acknowledging the wisdom of the soul. And that's what I love about the readings that you do is you help people to really identify who they are, what they're great at through what their natal chart looks like. And then give them tips and clues to kind of move forward in an even more holistic view. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a, it's, it's one piece, I think, in the picture of health and that we, and it's to no one's fault. I mean, we, to be sort of severed from this idea of soul. I mean, if you look up soul, it really means body. And I think there is something with even the relationship we have to our body that we're not exactly in tune with. I mean, it wasn't, you know, until maybe a few years ago that I really started getting in tune with my own body in in the sense of, you know, having a dialogue with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want body? What are you feeling? And then actually listening and using your intuition and, and feeling into that. And I think there's this an interface between how you see the body and how you relate to it that gives you an access point into the soul. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to do with my clients is just bring a sense of what's happening with you right now in your body and we listen to the body a little bit and get a sense for how things land and what sensations are coming up and just give a little more space for that um but then of course you can work you know more in the mental plane Mm -hmm. with seeing a couple pretty key important points for the soul and the soul's evolutionary path which really has a lot it's everything to do with pluto i mean pluto the Pluto placement is really where the soul has tended to play out, um, you know, where the egos have been um, through the many lifetimes and what the overarching, you know, theme of the soul path is. And once you sort of know that, you can kind of see that Pluto represents this like dense point or this, um, it's sort of like, I mean, another way of seeing Pluto is that it's con- the condensed moon. And the moon is sometimes seen as the ego, um, but it's sort of our subconscious memory bank. And so it, there's a relation to the way we can act and behave based on our subconscious. I mean, behavior, human behavior has so much to do with the subconscious world. Mm-hmm. So the moon shows a lot about how we're going to act, you know, based on our needs and our emotional um, streams. And Pluto really represents like how that the moons and the way of being in the world has um, it's sort of like played out in this in this area, being the sign and being the house placement. And then, you know, the south node is really like a greater context to that. It gives it a little extra of a subtle layer. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. And a lot of the conversations that we've had, one of the things that I've really started, the kind of the view that I like to have is that as souls, as we're incarnating again, you already mentioned previous lives, and as we're 
coming back into the world, I get the way I like to see it is that we're actually arranging our natal chart as a way to sort of give ourselves clues as to who we've been before and who we really want to be here on the planet. And so I know you do um, readings for kids and you also do a lot in embodiment. So that's sort of two different, totally different topics, but um, maybe let's start with anything that you want to talk about as far as maybe our, our soul's way of designing how we come into the world. And then we can move on to some of the cool work that you do with more of like the embodied astrology. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so yeah, I mean, the way I see it is that we, we kind of have this layer in that beat that is the Zodiac. Zodiac means life path. And depending on the way that these planets are arranging themselves, I think it has everything to do with when a soul is going to come here. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very particular and precise timing in which, it, you know, a baby's going to be born. And I think that the choice has a lot to do with, with it. And typically we think about choice on an egoic level, but, um, you know, it has above, so below. I mean, there's, there's just, there's a parallel to any truth. Um, and so how we see things here really applies to the soul. And so I think if we're choosing here and choice has so much to do with um, our our path because we really are divine creators. And so we can think about, I think about the life path as, um, you know, in the Zodiac as, you know, this, you know, we have free will and then we have this, this higher self that we can attune to and we can, you know, converse with and connect with. And yet I think we come here in a large sense to forget who we are, like play this game of the great forgetting Mm -hmm. and the great remembering and the astrology chart really is like, huh, do I, like, will I remember that part of why I came here? And so when I, when I look at a chart, I always think like, um, okay, so what might we explore to bring back some of this remembering? Because to me, it's not as much, um, you know, looking at a chart and then seeing what someone's going to discover. It's, it's almost like a rediscovering process. And so every time something comes through that's clarifying it's usually like oh well, i knew that I, I totally did but then prior to the reading they probably would have been like oh that wasn't really in my awareness yeah there's something magical about what you're able to point to and i've experienced that especially in my relationship around venus as a planet and um, this kind of ties into the concept of bodywork in or the, the embodied astrology in that we store a lot of those memories and you and I, you and I have had some pretty wild experiences with body work kind of tied into what's happening in the astrological chart and transits. And um, you've got some amazing talents and helping people to kind of land that more in the physical through their body. So can you speak to your experiences? Thank around you. that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, when I was in Thailand and I had that reading, I, I knew I really thought I was going to be, come back to the States and go into Chinese medicine. And I was talking to an acupuncturist there who was serving ayahuasca. And he, he you know, he were, him and I sat down together and we were talking and I ended up going to an ayahuasca ceremony with him. Um, but it was that moment of really seeing this man and feeling, you know, our, our philosophies converge in a way where, huh, like maybe yoga, body work, some of this, these things coinciding with each other might allow for more freedom and movement around the world. Because when you 
you know, you go into Chinese medicine and you're an acupuncturist, you have to build a practice, you, you settle in. And there's a part of me that was a wandering soul. I wanted to move around. And so I, I when I came back to Colorado, I got licensed as, as a massage therapist. And I've been working in Western and Eastern techniques and energy work. And so I've really got about maybe seven years of body work training and working on bodies and um, understanding what can come through. And it's so interesting to see the the field of medical astrology um, and the roots of it. And, and it's, um, you know, the way that medical astrology has been something that's, um, it's been accepted and it's also not been accepted. And to, to really, you know, that's for a, for a later conversation really about, um, you know, what, how astrology falls into the validity of science or not. Mm -hmm. Um, because it really has so much to do with religion, um, having an influence and science almost becoming its own religion, um, to me. So I'd love to talk about that later, but, but really seeing, um, you know, being able to study the chart and see that I, that planets actually correlate to chakras and they correlate to organ systems. And really planets are another, you know, they're another word or term for, um, you know, many, that many other ancient tradition, ancient wisdom traditions have names for, like there's doshas and there's the gunas and there's the, these different qualities of consciousness. And so really planets really have um, the representative of a specific consciousness. A sign is a specific consciousness. And to me, the zodiac is the totality of human consciousness. And when you look at the body and you see what's going on, we can see that really we have a level of consciousness at all parts of the body. And the body is incredibly intelligent. And so what it's been for me is kind of just like looking back and seeing how these medical astrologers have, you know, mapped out the body and said, well, this is the, you know, this is generally where uh, Scorpio and Aries is right in the, in the belly. Um, and we can see really how like Aries, you know, and Taurus down to the neck. So Aries is at the head, Taurus is at the neck, um, Gemini is kind of upper chest. And so down all the way to the Pisces being the feet and seeing sort of what's going on. So, you know, seeing how um, if someone has some condition in the body that is present in a certain level of their body's consciousness, then what's going on in their chart and mm -hmm. how do those coincide? Yeah, so that's, even I mean, how that going... ties back into a previous life or something like that can be pretty amazing to discover too. Yeah, because you and I have explored on that level. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah it's, sometimes it blows me away how quickly if you're as you bring awareness to something and you're really ready to integrate it uh, at a soul and body level how quickly all of the systems can come online to support that uh, reintegration of wisdom that you're bringing through from a previous life and and you know, having a tool like getting to work with an astrologer who can support you in knowing what's coming, what transits are happening, what's shifting can really bring that awareness to the forefront. If you're, you know, really feeling like you're a soul that's here to, to shift and change the reality or make a new reality, there's, there's so many tools that we can work with and you're an incredible 
being to help support that for people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think astrology offers so much and we're astrology is becoming pretty popularized right now. And there's a lot of cookbook astrology. There's a lot of just, well, I, I know astrology by my sun sign. So I know I'm an Aries and you know, you're a Libra. And so, um, okay, cool. I read my horoscope and that's, right. you know, it's got this news for me, but to really sum up what's going on for you from your sun sign is, is it's practically ridiculous because the sun sign is only one piece of the chart. It's only one part of our consciousness and it does represent the heart and it represents our life force energy and our magnetism and what lights us up. And so the re, I mean, when we look at the solar system and we think about the parallels to consciousness, the sun is, I mean, it's huge on an astronomical, you know, mathematical scale compared mm -hmm. to the planets. Right. And so I can see, you know, why the sun sign has become, you know, it's become the thing. Like if you, if you know your sun sign, you look up your horoscope, you know, but I, I definitely urge people to, to not, um, you know, summarize or, or get a sense for what astrology is from horoscopes because um, it's just, it's just so limiting. Right. Um, we have so many pieces that we can explore. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really fun. It's, it's a fun process to explore and start to just kind of ponder and, and look into the chart and see what's going on for yourself and then look at the transits and see what's, what's going on in the sky right now. Mm -hmm. And what I've, what I've seen, um, it's just, it's almost like, it's just mind blowing constantly in a certain sense when you see what's happening now in the sky and then the things that, that cross over certain planets. Mm -hmm. So if there's a transit going on, um, a major transit, which is basically, you know, some planet moving over your, the, you know, another planet in your chart. Um, so say, you know, Mars is going over the sun or it's going over your natal moon or your ascendant. Those, so that those basically three. means for maybe people who aren't totally versed on astrology, that'd be where the sun and the moon were placed the moment, minute you were born and then what's crossing over that in the current sky. And then that can have influences on how we're feeling, showing up, et cetera. Totally. And if Mars or Venus or something is going over one of those points, it could be also going over your natal, you know, another planet. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the vernacular and the terminology is a little confusing at first, but um, when that's happening, I mean, you can feel an activation because to me, the there's the planet going over that that planet in your natal chart and then whatever sign is it's in it's sort of like this emanation or it's this um it's sort of a a a transformation at a subtle level of the body mind spirit the whole part of you that's occurring based based on what it's going over so if you have mars going over the sun then you're going to have some probably, you know, since Mars represents something that's, you know, it has a very separation energy. So it has a lot to do with our desire body. Mm -hmm. um, and it has a lot to do with just um, creating from what we want and what we desire and going towards it. And it has a lot to do with freedom and just experiencing a, a greater sense of um, feeling free, um, feeling strong, um, vital, and Mars rules the blood. 
So we can gather a little bit there, but if it's going over your sun, the sun is an essential part of you. So there's probably an essential part of you that at the core level feels very, huh, like what, maybe something's shifting in my desired body. Maybe, um, you know, maybe what I've been wanting in my life is not what I want anymore. And to know that is so helpful because if you're going through that energy, because you will anyway, it doesn't, I mean, to be aware of your, your astrology chart or not, you're still going to be, you know, going through your life on your, on your journey. And so I think what, what's so useful about astrology is it puts, it gives clarity to that. It, can, it gives some kind of language to, to say, oh, that's what I've been feeling. And then to understand the timing, like, okay, that, so Mars will be crossing over my son for, you know, the next three or four months. And so if I give myself that space to sort of work out what's shifting in my desires, then what might change for me in, in a beneficial way versus sort of being like, I don't really know what's going on, but I, yeah. you know, I think, I, think I do. That's a huge point because a lot of times, I think especially in Western culture, we can be pretty hard on ourselves. Like we want to do things faster, be more efficient, make it happen. And sometimes stuff's just not happening. And if we can be in touch with what's shifting and maybe it's that we need to give ourselves three or four months to really assess what's important and that there's absolutely no reason to try and push it any faster. Um, I think, you know, Mercury retrograde is a great example of like kind of what's become more the, the infamous, you know, slow down and don't sign any contracts during this time and that sort of energy. But it's, it's using the astrology to inform and maybe permission ourselves to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because really with any transit that's going on, I mean, there's some aspect of the divine coming through. Mm -hmm. And to me that the divinity is really, it's about light and it's about shadow and it's about polarity and, and the unification of both. And so there's always going to be sort of, you know, this beneficial and drawback side of things. There's always going to be like a light side and a dark side. And so how do we resolve the differences? Where How do we find um, a way to unify what's appearing to be separate? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's hugely helpful to think about these transits as gifts because mm -hmm. they really are. If we open ourselves up to them, we can, we can scream, you know, like, screw you, Mercury, you know, Mercury retrograde again. And, right. you know, we can, we can sort of like damn, damn the planets or damn our own divinity, so to speak. Or we can open up to, oh, huh. So this really isn't working and this isn't happening. How might I slow down and listen in mm -hmm. a little more deeply to, to what's going on? And, and that's where the shamanic astrology sort of comes in. It's sort of sort of making friends with the living consciousness of the planets. So if Mercury retrograde is going on, you know, how do I actually listen into Mercury and, and use this time as this window of opportunity to connect to um, maybe more of a defined plan? And Mercury's, I mean, he's the translator. He's the, you know, someone, the someone, I mean, he's a part of us. He's this, uh, this archetype sort of living through us and we may have a greater access to to our souls our soul's path or to a greater unfolding at that time mm 
Mm -hmm. And so if we're trying to fix things and move things and make things work and we're not slowing down, I mean, how much are we really missing out on? Right. I'm so glad you transitioned to this because this, I think, is one of your most incredible gifts is actually giving the personification to the planet and then supporting people in learning how to create a relationship with these planetary energies. And the first time I heard it, I was like, what? Planets can talk? And then I started thinking about how so often we refer to Mother Earth or Gaia having a frequency and an energy and we can feel her and you can ground. And so why wouldn't it be that way with all of the different planetary energies? And so to have that perspective is just such a cool way to work even more deeply with our astrology to create those relationships. Yeah, totally. It, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful in that sense. Because Gaia, this idea of Gaia being the, that the, the earth is alive, it's a living organism. Mm -hmm. how, how is that any different than any other planet? And so that's the, that's the viewpoint of shamanic astrology is sort of, you know, awakening to this, this way of journeying with the planetary consciousness. And really it's, you don't have to think about it as journeying with a planetary consciousness, but um, because it lives within us. But from that perspective, we can gather so much because astrology goes, goes way back. Um, I mean, it's one of the most, probably it goes, it's one of the most original ways of knowing the world, knowing oneself, knowing the universe. Um, I mean, it's the study of time, study of light, study of nature. And yeah, I mean, seeing these different ways that planets work. I mean, knowing for, for example, I can bring in my own, one of my own charts. This has been something I'm feeling even today, which is Mercury and Pisces. And I have this Nep Neptune is going over, it's transiting my North node and Mercury in Pisces. And so for me, like having a Mercury in Pisces, that's, that's really the way I extract that is, well, Mercury is the part of us that thinks and it's communicating. And it sort of pulls in, you know, it's our antennae in some ways. It's how we communicate. It's the communication style. And Pisces is is like the void. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, it's it's not. It's kind of formless. Virgo is the form is the form full uh, sign. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like this is, you know, a microphone. It's black. This plant is green, and it has this particular texture. And we're, it's a way of breaking it down. Pisces is like maybe merging with the plant and being like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I am a plant. Am I a plant? <laughs> I have no words for this experience I'm having with this plant. <laughs> so sometimes for me, like I realize like, wow, I'm really here to um, be more of a translator to the ineffable. Mm -hmm. And like even now I can feel in my throat like something's going on here. And it's, I mean, there's a Nep Neptune the planet is in Pisces right now. And so it's impacting all of us. But in particular, Mercury rules my chart. And you have a Pisces North node. And it's <laughs> right. So it's, it's like pulling you. It's like almost like it, all of those energies are pulling your soul from the form, which is your South node, what you're used to yeah. into this like expansive void of yeah. <laughs> unorganized space. I know. And it's, and it's like, it's frustrating and I feel this tension, you mm -hmm. know, like of why can't I get this particular thing to work and why can't I get, you know, there's a part of me that does want to have it all together and organized and all that. Right. And there's a part of 
recognizing these planetary energies playing out in my chart mm -hmm. and which is really just my life playing out right my life path moving and evolving and taking shape and taking new form it's like whoa i'm i'm if i can relax a little bit into the formless and like yeah. just trust like if the details don't all get together like will that be okay right and then there's a big part of me that's like no fuck no that no it won't <laughs> virgo but, moon and virgo <laughs> south node it will not be okay yeah but sometimes we're so busy trying to click and i think i want to speak to this from a like you know, cultural piece is we're we're born you know in a lot of us in the western world and there's a certain expectations that exist about how we're supposed to show up and work to live and that's supposed to be the most important thing. And a lot of us are feeling like we've been crammed inside of a box that just doesn't fit. And sometimes using our natal astrology probably can support us in mm -hmm. saying, wow, no wonder this doesn't feel right. Cause it really yeah. isn't what I'm here to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, it's dawning on me right now with my Virgo South node. It's like, I go into the story in the beginning of the podcast about these details around the drudgery of school and education and like the cultural context. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's very much a Virgo story. I think of like recognizing and see, like, is it really, you know, the path of my own conditioning, whatever I've experienced in that self in that sense, perhaps I really felt it. And that pushed me into this other journey to like leave, leave my cultural context and see what else is out in the world. Um, but there, yeah, there is, I think in general, like this, this tone that our country, our, our world is having right now is things are taking such a different shape so quickly, especially mm -hmm. by technology um, and the ways that we're connected to each other in a global sense that, I mean, work and the way that we're pushed into that. And we're, we're constantly inundated by messages and information from all over the planet. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. And so in this, in this time, to get a sense for how to navigate that mm -hmm. and to kind of come back to like the roots of the the planetary roots in a way and this is where cosmic roots was was born is that idea of you know recognizing that as we get in touch with nature and we go back to nature and we you know there's this whole grounding movement going to the earth and spending 15 minutes on the earth mm -hmm. and there's a part of me that wants to to have more of a regular practice and encourage a practice of 15 minutes looking at the sky mm -hmm. at night because it's the same thing right i mean it's it is our roots in a certain sense we're not just we're not just beings living on this planet i mean there's so much going on outside of this planetary context of the earth right and to think to think that there's not i mean it, it's it's interesting it's an interesting perspective mm -hmm. that people that we've had as a as right that we're the only thing and the whole the whole everything revolves around us and as we get to spread out further into space and learn more we're realizing whoa we're probably not the only beings here mm -hmm. yeah so there's a couple of maybe a couple of things i was trying to connect there but i think what i was going with was you know like rec like i'm starting to recognize like wow i could really relax a little more into like just being like trusting surrendering mm -hmm. um and i can i know that's in my chart i can see that and i can and if i didn't you know what what would i i'm not sure how i would navigate things like maybe right. 
maybe just my, you know, I mean, there's so many tools out there and astrology is not the only one, um, but it provides such a large context um, for this microcosm, macrocosm interaction. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been, it's been a blast. <laughs> well, what I love about your work it. is that you, you know, you do mini readings and you'll do a one-off reading, but really where, when people can give themselves kind of viewing this almost as coaching, give themselves the ability to do, you know, three to five readings to really dive into their natal chart, understand who they are as a soul, and then what's going on for them in more of a transit type um, you know, what's currently happening in the sky is incredible. So I would love for you to speak a little bit, maybe about what you're doing to take that more into the a coaching space and mm -hmm. how people can kind of understand that taking this astrology can actually help them build a, a life from a coaching perspective and also maybe branding as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, um, it's all intersecting, right? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> And having a Gemini career house like myself, it's like people with Gemini in the 10th house. If you're listening and you have that, I mean, it's, you tend to have many careers. Many well, and, and, and you're areas. able to just acknowledge that that's who you are. Instead of saying, I'm supposed to do one thing. It's like, no, I've figured out how to have this cross section mm -hmm. of experience and career. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think to, to, to go back to your question and, and point to the coaching a little bit, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to me, like the way I work is, is like coaching works as a term, but I, I find that I'm, the more and more I'm working with people and I'm alive on this planet, I'm like, whoa, I'm more of a channel for the, for these, these energies and these planetary energies. And so what I do is I just create the intention to be a channel for what wants to come in from our, in the highest good of my client and to connect my higher self and my guides with theirs mm -hmm. and to play in that intuitive Pisces space, like play into the, the psychic space a little, a little bit. Um, but the coaching, I mean, like the Zodiac, there's 12 signs and that's a lot of signs. That's a lot of archetypes. So the way I, I simplify that a little bit is to, to say that it's really six pairs of two. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I pair signs together is if you're going to talk about any sign, it's worth talking about the opposite one mm -hmm. because we live in a world of polarity. And so on the coaching level, that's, that's kind of what I offer is how to sense when there's a, there's a, there's too much of a polarity because in some area of life, whether it's relationships, career, it's a personal matter. It's in the home um, I mean, there's so many contexts. It could be in our community, um, work, um, you know, purpose and, and mission, how we create value, all these areas. Um, what's out of balance, you know, and you can kind of see that, like if there's a, if there's a number of planets in a particular sign, you can see how there's a particular polarity that's emphasized. Mm -hmm. And I always say that there's an antidote for that there's an antidote <laughs> because it's sort of like doing so if you have a ton of planets in capricorn then your antidote or your medicine is cancer because generally you might be imbalanced because there's so much emphasis on work and 
status and responsibility and making things work day in day out and there's saturn which rules capricorn can be very constricting Mm -hmm. and so cancer the opposite is is like you know no structure it's the it's the boundless formless feeling space um and so you to kind of connect those two and work on a level of um helping people see the nuanced subtle pieces you know because when we're when we're living our lives and we're we're just going and we're doing our thing it's hard to see our blind spots Mm -hmm. and so the coaching is really like i call it soul alchemy coaching and to me i'm i'm just I'm finding questions and perspectives and points of view that might open the door to a new space and invite the person, the client, whoever it is, friend, anyone to um, just open up to this other side to start creating perhaps in a new, a new pathway with something else that might support what their soul's here to do. Mm -hmm. And there's a real subtle nuanced sense of, um, you know, the energy we're carrying in the triggered spaces we're holding. I, I trained with Dr. John Martini, and he's a polymath, sort of a savant kind of man who studies um, pretty much everything. I mean, yeah, he's, he's read like 10,000 books or something. I think it's like 27,000 books. <laughs> 27,000 books. It's amazing. Something like that. I think yeah. he's equivalent to like 13 PhDs in all of his read knowledge. And if you ever get a chance to um meet or know dr john Martini. i highly recommend him he's he's amazing and his work is all about polarity and so i was trained in as a Martini method as a facilitator and so i facilitate people with taking the emotional triggers and static out of their life and recognizing seeing these ways we've perceived in a certain way and, and created a story that's ruling our lives in some ways mm-hmm. um so there's a way that astrology sort of opens the door and allows a, allows us, me and the client, to see what's there, and then we can start to play in a different way from there. Mm-hmm. And the soul alchemy is really just seeing that so much of this is an alchemical process right. where just bringing in a, a new awareness to a certain area of life changes our physiolo- physiology. Um, and Bruce Lupton's work on biology of belief and Dr. Joe Dispenza um, I mean, they're really pioneers in that in the fields of epigenetics and quantum physics and how how connected you know the our thoughts and the things we think and the ways we perceive are to diseases and conditions in the body. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, that's that's where I've, I like to kind of categorize my work as somewhere in the middle of all that craziness, <laughs> you know, because it. Jo- jo- Joe Dispenza is doing some pretty wild stuff and yeah. he's, he's radically changing a lot of paradigms and health and healing. And Yeah. And if we can look at astrology as a, a tool that you can use and then have a deeper understanding of who you came here to be and then use tools like what Dr. Joe Dispenza is offering and really step into that even more, it, it supports us so much in having these resources so mm-hmm. that we can view our life differently. I think um, one of the things that I've seen with a lot of our friends recently is this start this pull towards communal living and mm-hmm. i would imagine there's probably a lot going on in the realm of the astrology of of us beginning to say hey it's maybe not as important that i 
survive and can pay all my bills living as a single person and be stressed all the time, maybe something should be different. Maybe there should be more community. And there's this, just this interesting thing where I think a lot of us are starting to feel that, I think, especially in our kind of age range and maybe not making that wrong, but, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of seeing what's beginning to shift culturally and allowing for that. Yeah. I mean, just in the sense of a nuclear family or, you know, monogamy or, you know, the, the ways of working towards retirement mm-hmm. and just working 12 hours a day for a paycheck. I mean, there's so even much eight hours a day. Yeah. Even eight hours a day. I what mean, are we doing? We should be playing more. <laughs> we really should be. So luminous possibilities is great because we're, it's like, we're, you know, gathering voices and, and people who are wanting to envision a future that's different and that is more playful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I loved when we, we recently did an access consciousness class. And one of the things that really stood out to me was the, that one of their sayings is that we're not here to change this reality. We're here to create a new one. And if we can support each other and connecting with those beings that are resonant with us and finding more ways to spend more playful time together and see what we're able to change in the world, I think there's going to be a huge impact over the next three, five, 10, 20, however many years. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's a way, I think we're just, I don't know, be returning to, I mean, even in astrology, there's a way of seeing this greater overarching cycle in which we've entered this dark age of, you know, this Piscean age. Um, and we're moving into Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And it has so much more to do with, community and and coming out of the religious dogma and these ways of, um, I think there's been so much separation of mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, and then so much like a prizing of the individual and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, but it's all included. I mean, so the individual has its place and, you know, your uniqueness and your genius and your, your thing has a place in a community. And how Spoken do we... like a true Aries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I guess what, what I really see my work, inter- like the astrology and the coaching, the body work. And the branding. And the branding. Too. Yeah. It's all sort of, you know, it's in the website development. It's It's the center of that really is radiance. It's you know, this path where um, living closely aligned and intimately with your values. And not many people know what their values are, but knowing what those values are and then living from them, acting from them and and choosing to find a sense of wealth and richness within and the inside out um, and creating this greater picture of not just surviving, but thriving in the world with, uh, you know, more, more in general. I mean, we, we can just call in more abundance than I think we have. There's a lot of scarce, scarcity thinking. Um, And so I I guess, you know, where the branding comes in for me is where like people get to authentically align to what's true for them. What do they unique have as a unique offering Mm -hmm. that they want to offer to the world and, and using some of the coaching and astrology, um, lenses to support people in that way has been incredible because it's the clarity 
I think can happen faster sometimes with astrology. We, we don't have to play as much in the dark. It's sort of like turning the lights on and being like, oh, okay, like here's, here's actually what's here. And, and it's not to say or tell a person what is true for them, right? Right. Because they, they get to decide. I mean, what resonates and what you choose, it's, all, it's ultimately up to you. Astrology is a tool for accessing like creative potential. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to choose like what, what parts of that we want to include. Um, and I really love this, this branding process because it, it's felt like such a marketing thing at first, like being in school and learning about some of that. But now, I mean, I've been looking for maybe a better word, but it seems to work pretty well. It's just, you know, finding your own symbol just there as there is for a planet, mm-hmm. because we are also these planets or solar systems and like a brand or a logo is oftentimes some symbol that really represents like what we're going for in our life and what we, what, what symbol we can communicate um, to our audiences or to our clients that um, might resonate in some way with, with our work and what we're here to do. Um, And then, and then be a gateway into more of what we love. Yeah. I, I love the process and I've gotten to, to, you know, talk to some of the people that have done that with you. And I think the level of guidance, we can sometimes, as we step often into entrepreneurship, it can be a little bit scary. You know, how am I going to find my clients? And I think the clearer we are about our offering and who we're here to be, the clearer messaging we're able to have to find those people that really are going to resonate with us. Cause not everyone's going to resonate with us. So the more specific we can get through using tools like astrology and, coaching it's i think it's a pretty magical thing we can accomplish mm-hmm. totally awesome well as we wrap up is there how can tell people how they can get a hold of you connect with you and uh learn about your genius thanks yeah so we've got um we've got a website luminouspossibilities.co and there's a directory where you can find me and a number of other people including yourself including me stara <laughs> uh, on this directory and just get more information, basic information about who we are, um, what it is we're offering. There's links to websites, there's contact information and ways to book an appointment. And then um, of course, there's a way to sign up for our newsletter, um, which is going to be, you know, not too, too crazy regular, whether it's spammy, we want to release some good information, maybe comes out weekly or monthly and then just keeps you in tune with our podcasts and other conversations we're having. Um, but otherwise, keenanwhite.com is a starting place if you want to go directly there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for letting me be a part of this conversation today. I've loved yeah. it. Thanks for holding the space. Appreciate it. Of course. It.